Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes. Thanks for listening to today's show. Just wanted to let you know that Two Nerdskies and a Podcast officially now has a YouTube channel. So, if for whatever reason you can't listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, YouTube is your best spot. Oh, and you can also like and comment on the videos too. But don't forget to subscribe. Now, time for Eric and Jeff to lay the nerdy on. Go for it, boys. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. It's time for two nerd skis and a podcast. Around these parts, Kong is king. And around here, it's Two Nerdskis and a Podcast, the show where two nerdskis come together and talk about everything that's pop culture and entertainment. And uh, welcome, everybody. My name's Eric. This is Jeff. And welcome back to our second part of our um, of our uh, look at the MonsterVerse. I, I mentioned in the previous episode that it was called the Legendary-verse, and I'm like, that's wrong. It's the legendary MonsterVerse. And I always thought that MonsterVerse was attached to the Universal Monster movies. And I was completely wrong uh, when I looked it up later. So uh, I just want to make that correction right there. But before we get there, um, how are you doing, sir? How's, uh, how's life treating you? Life is life, man. Cannot, uh, cannot complain too much about that. Yeah, I... Th- <laughs> You know, I we always say life can always be better, but you know, um, if you don't have much to complain about, you know, life sounds like it's going pretty solid. But you know, we all have our ups and downs. But just remember, there's always something good that's going to come out of it in the long run. At least you hope so. <clears throat> okay, and uh, I'm all right too on my end. Nothing too special, you know. Just work. And then come home and sleep and business and whatnot and working on uh, working on the show and uh, can't complain else from there. So anyways, uh, Jeff, what is the second installment of the Legendary Monsterverse? Well, that would be 2017's Kong Skull Island. Now, before jumping into this, what is your personal history with King Kong? Uh, okay, so I know you're more of the Kong guy than I am. Um, I didn't, I, so I haven't seen the original 1933 film. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I just haven't. But that's not to say I'm not interested in it. I do genuinely want to check it out at some point. Um, I believe it's on HBO Max, am I correct? I believe so. Yeah, because that's that's Warner Brothers' thing. And um, um the only King Kong I've really seen is the 2005 remake with um, that Peter Jackson directed. And that's got 
who was in that? God, who was it? I know it was Adrian Brody was in that movie. Uh, I know Andy Serkis did the motion capture for King Kong in that film. Um, who else was in that movie? Uh, I'm trying to remember Kyle, who else. Kyle Chandler. Kyle. Oh, really? Was Kyle Chandler also in that movie? Yes, he is. And he's all, and he is in Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Fascinating. That and he will that. be in Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, uh, yeah. I do that goes to that show too. how much of a badass Kyle Chandler is because he hung <laughs> out with King Kong twice oh wait i just remembered jack black's in the 2005 movie right yes he is that's that's right that's right so i mean i've i've never really been much of a king kong guy but i mean i do appreciate his place in cinema cinematic history i mean obviously for the time that his original movie came out that was a massive achievement in technical um and technicalities and whatnot um and then obviously the technology gets better over time. And then they remade the movie, what, in the 70s or the 80s? I forget. It was in uh, 76. 76. And I know that Jeff Bridges was in that movie. That much I remember. Um, I remember seeing a little bit of that movie. Um, I think, if, if, stop me if I'm wrong. So, like, I know the 2005 movie still takes place back in, what, the 20s. But for the 1976 film, they placed it in present day, like the 1970s. They correct? did. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, cause I remember it was a little bit more modern than the remake, than the 2005 remake. But, um, so yeah, that's my history of Kong. I mean, it's not that I'm not interested. I do. I do like King Kong, uh, just not as huge as this guy can testify to. So Jeff, why don't you explain your history of King Kong? Uh, so basically it started with renting, uh, an old crusty VHS from my local library, uh, of the original movie. And I just got, I, I got obsessed with, with the original movie. It was one of those, um, it was one of those creature features that I saw at, at just the right point in my life where it, it sparked my imagination. It, uh, it got me excited to, uh, to tell adventure stories and the way it, uh, the way it had all these different special effects techniques for something made in 1933. I mean, even though I knew I had a basic idea of of how the effects were done in execution, it was still able to, uh, to, to capture, uh, to capture my attention. And I watched, uh, I also watched the 76 version and I never liked it as much, but always thought it was, it always I was okay. I haven't seen it in over 10 years, so I don't remember much from it. And then uh, I also I also watched uh, King Kong Lives, which is fucking awful. That was that Toho. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't even, I don't mean to interrupt, but was that like Toho's attempt at making a sequel? No, that was uh, that was King Kong Escapes. Uh, so King, <laughs> okay. King Kong Lives is actually a sequel to the 76 version and it has a Linda oh. Hamilton. Yeah. Wait, who made that who made that movie? Or uh, Linda Hamilton's in that one. Oh really? <laughs> she Did is. not know that. Uh so I mean 80s Linda Hamilton is still sexy, but she, even she can't even she can't save it, man. Wow. And uh and then the the Peter Jackson version also has a very um a very special place in my heart where it's kind of uh it's like it's the only remake that 
that for me at least I can't definitively decide if I like the remake or the original more because the remake came out at just the, at just the right point in my life like I think I was about 10 and so I was able to see this big budget uh new take on on this movie that I already appreciated so much and to see it get this big budget treatment to see all the action figures I played that played the video game that was based so off the movie. I. Yeah, that 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 game's so fucking fun. And and so I was so Kong has always held a special place in my heart. And when Kong Skull Island was announced, because I don't think they announced that it was connected to uh to to the Godzilla movie just yet. Uh I I, I believe that that announcement was made uh, later down the line. Uh, so when they announced it, I just thought, eh, cool. I didn't really pay attention to it. Uh, even when the trailers were coming out, it was just one of those movies where I I knew it was coming out. And at some point, I remember reading that uh, J.K. Simmons and Michael Keaton were attached to Star, but uh, Sam Jackson and John Goodman uh, took their places. And... I kind of knew the basic premise they were going for, but didn't, uh, uh, again, pretty much went into this movie blind and coming out. Damn. (laughs) Uh, so before I give my opinion, I'm curious what you thought of it. Um, okay. So I remember when this movie came out and I was like, not as interested into it as I, um, probably originally was i don't remember but um i remember watching it when it fam- when it finally came to digital and i didn't have a really good first impression of this and i was just like i, I thought it was all right it wasn't like anything special but and also to be honest i wasn't truly fully invested i just thought it was just like this movie really didn't even didn't really need to be made uh it wasn't like it, it it might because for me, I really enjoyed the 2005 movie quite a bit, and um, I just thought it was unnecessary that they basically just remade a new one or just made a new one just so that um, it's more action packed or whatnot. And um, don't get me wrong, I love that we're going to finally see Godzilla fight Kong, but like in the in the grand scheme of things, I was just like, yeah, it doesn't, it didn't, I didn't really care for that. So I watched it again for uh, this installment and I I kind of have uh, I, my opinions a little bit changed a little bit. Um, I still I mean, I don't I still think it's all right. It's it's a fun movie, but it, like I I actually don't think it's too bad. It's actually it's actually yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's kind of dumb. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I, yeah, I am actually I was a little bit more invested the second time around. Uh, maybe I don't know if it was because I was paying attention a little bit more, but I was also like, there's actually, um, <laughs> it actually was pretty, pretty good in, in the end run, at least. Um, I know I'm stumbling a little bit there, but I, I just, I wasn't really, yeah, I wasn't invested the first time around, but the second time around, I was just like, yeah, actually this isn't, this isn't too bad, but, um, yeah, it's, this is how I would say this is like King Kong Vietnam war edition. <laughs> If if that makes any sense, because it feels like 
or no, no, not King, it's like King Kong Apocalypse Now edition because um, believe me, we're going to get into Kong, but the reason I call it Vietnam because it feels it feels like this is what a Vietnam War movie would look like with monsters in it. So basically the way I perceive this movie is it's the it's the first time a, a Kong movie's been made that really try something brand new with with its premise and its setting because the uh, because there was one uh, there was one sequel to the original movie uh, Son of Kong actually came out the exact same year uh, so they rushed that thing out and it was just a cheap rehash of the first movie pretty much and then uh, uh, then you know excluding the the Toho movies the the 76 remake, uh, ch- kind of took away the fantastical elements of the of the original film because uh, you know it didn't have any dinosaurs. There were no, I mean, there's only one large creature on the island that's seen as just a generic looking giant snake, and so it took on a more grounded approach to to the original story. But it kind of made for a lackluster movie in, in the long run and the 70 or sorry the uh, the 2005 remake basically i kind of saw it as as like a wider window into the world of the original movie being that it it follows the the same structure but just expands on all the details it uh, you know takes place in uh, the same year and all the same events, events transpire you just see them on uh you, you just see them on a more grand scale and i still love the remake like i said earlier but in terms of uh doing something brand new and innovative with the premise it didn't do too much other than just create new uh, new sequences with with the new uh technology that they're given so with uh so with those other movies they're basically trying to pay pure respect and homage to the original movie and there's nothing wrong with that because the original film is is an iconic masterpiece that if you're going to even attempt to remake it it should be it should be done with all the greatest care and attention but for this this time around you know it's i don't think there should ever be another remake of king kong because i feel i feel uh, peter jackson made the definitive remake i agree but kong is such an iconic character that he just it would just be stupid to not let him appear in another movie again so what i appreciate about this movie is that it's it's able to take king kong and use him in a way that never has been utilized in a big budget format and it's just a in the in the formation of a fun adventure b movie and for that what it sets out to do just be a fun adventure b movie blending various film genres you know uh, trying to capture the uh you know trying to capture the vibe of of a classic vietnam war movie that just happens to have giant monsters it actually blends these two elements fairly well and though the movie it i would call this a perfect 
background noise movie. <laughs> the uh, so none of the characters require any significant depth. Uh, you know, no one is really well rounded. Uh, I would honestly say you could watch this movie with the uh, with the audio turned off, and you and you could still understand what what's going on. I, <laughs> yeah, that's the way you call this background uh, a background movie. That's kind of that's. Uh, I'll be honest. That's ex- that's kind of what my first uh, my first time around with the first the first time I saw it was. It was really kind of background noise. It really wasn't like eh, it was there. Um, it, it was all right. Um, and I do agree with the characters. Although I do think that the best character of the movie is. Um, John C. Riley as Marlowe. And let's actually let's let's so let's get into some of our cast here. So you, you mentioned uh, Samuel Jackson and John Goodman. So we have John Goodman. He's playing um, William Bill Rand- Randa. So you find out that he's part of Monarch, who is the organ, which is the organization that you first meet in Godzilla 2014. And totally not state. shield. Yeah. Yeah. Totally not shield. So they're, yeah, they're this version's universe's version of S.H.I.E.L.D. So they look into all the giant monsters and whatnot, um, anything that cannot be explained through conventional methods. So he's like, he's one of the higher ups and he's got um, Houston Brooks, played by Corey Hawkins, as his assistant that they're going to go to Skull Island to take a look at. And they recruited a whole bunch of people. And one of these people is Samuel Jackson as Preston Packard. Or as I like to say, uh, Sam Jackson trying to play Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now because he's very bitter about losing Vietnam. And um, through this movie, um, he decides that taking on Kong, this is how he's going to like win back um, American pride or whatnot. Um, you also have Tom Hiddleston, a.k.a. good old Loki himself, playing James Conrad, who's like an ex-British Special Air Service a captain who's now who's like the tracker being assigned to help on this expedition. Then you've also got um, Brie Larson, who's playing an anti-war photographer. And um, the less Jeff talks about Brie Larson, the better, because I do not want to go there. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just being brutally honest. I know how Jeff feels about Brie Larson. And believe me, it's not pretty. So let's just move on. Um, you have Toby Kebbell who I every time I see him, he's just always playing some sort of bad guy. Like in Fan Four Stick, he's playing Dr. Doom, a very emo Dr. Doom. Um, in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, he's playing a rogue uh, primate. Um, actually, I thought it was interesting because I uh, when I was looking up some of the um, was when I was looking up some of the uh, cast information on this. So you. So the guy who does all the motion capture for Kong is Terry, no Terry. Um, and I found out that Toei Kebble provided some of the facial expressions. And I'm like, huh, that's actually pretty cool. I, I really like that quite a bit. Um, yeah, it, uh, it actually kind of, uh, kind of surprised me. And I, I thought that was an interesting parallel with uh, with Andy Serkis, uh, you know, because, you know, Andy Serkis plays Kong and then. Andy Serkis goes on to do Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Then Toby Kebbell comes on to Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And then Toby Kebbell goes on to be in Kong Skull Island, where he's a soldier, but also Kong. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I always thought that was like a funny little 
Uh, yeah. Fuck no, it. no, no. I agree. I agree. I, I like the. I kind of like the parallel going on between this. And then, of course, you have John C. Riley playing Hank Marlowe. He's a World War II uh, air uh, air force pilot. Um, he's he crashes on Skull Island with um, uh, Gunpei Ikari, who is a Japanese World War II uh, pilot. And um, they spend about I think what was it? What did they say? Twenty eight years on the island, and um, they become fast friends. Um, and uh, it's it, by the time that. The rest of the cast shows up on Skull Island. He's the only one left. Gung Pei was unfortunately killed by the Skull Crawlers. We'll get into the Skull Crawlers. The Scroll uh, Scrolls. <laughs> yes, there are Scrolls invading. <laughs> um, the Skull Crawlers is what I meant to say. But um, yeah, I think of all the characters in this movie, I think John C. Riley is probably the best human character. And then, of course, there's Kong, our main uh, character himself and um i remember i mean both times around i i thought kong looked pretty solid um i, I mean I, i'll still i mean a giant the first time i saw a giant ape was believe it or not not kong it or not king kong it was mighty pinking man <laughs> remember that r- classic ripoff from hong kong back in the day in the 70s oh jeez, that, that movie's amazing Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. It's it's a fun watch. Maybe we should talk about that movie at some point. But um, it's it's uh, yeah. This is the first time that I've seen a giant CGI monkey. Um, Kong in the King in the King Kong remake doesn't really count because we're talking about a King Kong for the first time since nineteen what was it nineteen sixty? What was it when? What was the? F- when was the first uh, Godzilla versus Kong movie again? It was nineteen. What, it was sixty-two. Uh, Sixty. That's what I thought. Um, so it's the first time since then. But this time around, it's it's CGI and Kong looks great. Um, and the first time we see Kong <laughs> with him throwing that palm tree at the tree, I mean at the helicopter, and then like, um, just the shot of the helicopters approaching Kong, um, in the background silhouette. I mean, with the sun in the background fucking epic imagery by the way i think the cinematography in this movie is actually quite breathtaking to say the least um especially with the with the swooping shots of skull island so i definitely have to say also that the entirety of that opening opening scene or not not opening scene uh uh kong's first major scene with uh with taking down all the helicopters Mm -hmm. that entire scene feels like uh it feels like the director just took his action figures and, and, and directing the whole thing, and then he he grabs the he grabs the one chopper out, and then he uses it as a, as a bat to swing at the other chopper, and then the chopper goes boom, and then Kong bounces, shouts, and roars. <laughs> I'm on, honestly, that's the first time I've heard that analogy because I I wasn't thinking that this entire time, uh, the entire time I was watching that, but. Now that you've put it in perspective, I'm like, oh, yeah, that totally makes a lot of fucking sense now, does it? <laughs> yep. And so that's and so that's where I, I kind of feel like I need to always shift my brain because there's always the uh, there's always the the film critiquing side of my head that mm-hmm. says, God, these characters are very uninteresting. The story is very generic. But then on the flip side. 
giant monkey punching the fuck out of helicopters with like <laughs> with Black Sabbath playing. I'm Come just on. thinking of I'm just <laughs> I'm just thinking of um remember Dennis Hopper and Super Mario Brothers? He goes, Monkey! Is that a monkey? <laughs> <laughs> I also remember like the bobblehead in uh that one Nixon bobblehead just like bobbing up and down. <laughs> Oh in, yeah, in that in that one like POV shot, like every time, especially when I, like the helicopter crashes. I laugh my ass off at that cut where uh, where uh, Kong is like is uh, is like he uh, so like it the the camera's like kind of tilted up and you you just kind of see uh, two guys in the chopper holding on. Oh and, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then uh, and then as soon as the chopper moves around, it reveals Kong's face. One guy falls out, the other guy's holding off for dear life. Kong roars and then the guy's like falling directly into Kong's mouth and then it quick it cuts up, quick cuts to a guy eating a sandwich with like a big <laughs> it's fucking great so there's That's actually it. like there's actually a lot of like subtle dark humor throughout this movie and that and actually I gotta say this movie's PG-13 but it's pretty fucking violent surprisingly this could like, this definitely this pushes the doesn't, art, doesn't the really hold back like there's mm-hmm. there's a fucking cannibal holocaust tribute in this movie if you know anything about cannibal holocaust <sighs> i mean yes i know cannibal holocaust i haven't seen it but uh what was the tribute again in question uh so the uh so during the spider scene where it uh where like the the spider leg uh, goes through the through the guy. Oh yeah, uh, okay. He, yeah, so that image is a is an homage to Cannibal Holocaust. Is it really? It is. And so oh. I was so the mo- when I first saw that and I knew exactly what they were attributing, my jaw dropped because I'm like, that's a fucked up moment in in Cannibal Holocaust. And mm. wow, okay, all right, movie, you, you went uh. there. And then uh, and then like all these, God, uh, <laughs> when they're when that skull crawler's like puking out the skeletal remains of toby keppel <laughs> yeah that was pretty graphic oh God. especially especially since that skull still has like blood like covered it's yeah. still covered in blood oh then that uh like that one bird swoops up and uh takes that one dude and then they're like sawing off all of his limbs right yeah well, like, dude holy shit movie <laughs> <laughs> i mean okay so not to not to get too sidetracked but uh, this now that you're talking about this we've definitely seen kind of like a a weird like slow trend of like pg-13 movies being even more violent than our movies which is fascinating i mean sure pg-13 movies have always like pushed the limits of what you can get away with before it becomes an r-rated movie but like then again i feel like in today's day of age you can get away with a lot more and you could still get a pg-13 rating i mean like it doesn't take much for an R rating. If you say the f- word fuck like multiple times, that gets you an R rating guaranteed. But like you can get like you can get like the most like violent, heavy R rated movie ever. And it's still tame compared to a PG-13 movie. Like I remember when um, I remember reading upon all the Batman return stuff. And like, obviously, I've seen the movie, but like, dude, like that movie is surprisingly pretty dark for a Batman movie. Like, sure. He's like killing people. He's like almost like he's killing people all over the place. And this is way before like even Batfleck shows up too. So, um, that movie definitely pushed the boundaries of what you can get away with a PG 13 rating. And so, um, the fact that you're mentioning this, I, I honestly had not thought about any of this. I just remember going like, well, 
that I mean, so yeah, when the skull crawler like belches out the skull, I'm like, well, that's a lovely piece of imagery right there. Yeah, I, I feel bad for any uh, any kid who uh, who who's taken to this movie and just becoming completely traumatized. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> I, I just wanted to see the big monkey punch dinosaurs. You're not expecting for a skull crawler just like uh, just do that. You're not expecting for. Um, this guy you're not expecting for the guy to get swooped up by like weird like birds and like saw his fucking arm off like pierced through his fucking like arm off and you're just like what the fuck <laughs> jesus oh uh, night uh so one thing i definitely have to comment on the songs the songs um, all throughout this movie it's everything that you would expect to hear in your standard vietnam war movie uh-huh. but just to hear them all back to back like a company with uh, with the cool scenery, the the jungle uh, backgrounds, and the way uh, I mean, just the fact that moments prior you were seeing giant monsters beating the shit out of each other, and then and then oh wow, J- Jimi Hendrix, oh wow, CCR, just oh wow, Black Sabbath, all these great fucking groups, and it's uh, I think it's it's such a tragedy that they never released uh in uh, uh an album on on vinyl mm, yeah man i would i would have picked that up right away speaking of the songs um you mentioned that since this is a vietnam era war movie um i don't remember you know the song unfortunate son right i don't think i heard that song once the entire time yeah they didn't include that but but, but I mean, that's like if you really if you're gonna go the extra mile you have to include that song because that's like that's like a stereotypical Vietnam War movie song, but they have run, uh, but they have a run through the jungle. So I was so you know still CCR. I'll allow it. <laughs> okay, all right. If you insist, all right. <laughs> and uh, and so I will also say that uh, you know this is the absolute biggest that that they've ever made Kong, you know, like obviously not, uh, not comparing uh, to the Toho movies, like just impure American adaptations. Mm. The, uh, this is the largest Kong has ever been. And, and I, and I definitely feel that they took, uh, they took full advantage of it. Mm. And, and I think, um, and I, I will say uh, in terms of character development, this movie kind of suffers some of the same issues Godzilla 2014 had where and I do agree with that where I I feel the wrong character is focused on because I think John I think this movie should have focused on John C Riley and although don't get me wrong I love the Vietnam aesthetic of the movie I think that helps give it a really unique visual style and it uh it, it's clearly a loving tribute to uh, two movies from that era, but at the same time, the uh, the story of uh, of a World War II pilot crash landing on Skull Island with someone on the opposing side of the war, and they have to work together to survive. I kind of want to see that movie. That's, I agree. That sounds like I a really engaging concept, and I think uh, I think uh, the director Jordan von Roberts has said that. You know, he wouldn't mind doing um, a prequel to Skull Island covering just that. But it, it just sounds like one of those things that a director thinks is a 
thing sounds like a cool idea, but it just probably won't happen. Like maybe a, a graphic novel down the line, but mm-hmm. um, but I don't know because I feel I feel a story like that actually had the potential to uh, to to generate more interesting character development because although this is a giant ensemble of characters, you don't really give a shit about anyone. No, like Tom, you really don't. Tom Hiddleston is generic action man. Uh, Brie Larson is uh, is generic sidekick chick. Sam uh, Sam Jackson is uh, there's at least more depth to his motivation for wanting to go after Kong, uh, but again, it's it, it's very surface level. And uh, John Goodman is very active and very good in the first half of the movie, but as it goes on, he just kind of feels like he doesn't have anything to do afterwards. And then his uh, death is hilarious, though. I, his his I, death is awesome. I, I just my my favorite oh, the way he dies, he just goes. Oh shit! <laughs> and I, I will say uh, that in, that may be uh, like aside from the uh, from the final battle, that entire sequence is amazing. Like through that dinosaur bone. Oh yeah, through that through that giant like graveyard. Yeah, um, uh, oh, uh, the, the visual yeah. aesthetic of that, the way that they just plant a fifty cal machine gun on top of the <laughs> skull. I'm like fuck that's cool i mean you said that you said that tom hiddleston you know generic action man but like i do love the imagery of him like going through like that green like yeah that was with like the with the katana and just like slicing through those birds i'm like fuck that's awesome it's like it's like no matter how much i talk shit about about certain elements of this movie it's it's just one of those instances where it's like yeah it does have all these problems but that shit's undeniably really fucking cool. Oh yeah, so I'm, I'm I, always I'm, so I'm, I'm always torn, and it's not easy to to pick apart this movie and and uh, because again, uh, like I said earlier, you know, every pretty much whenever they would make a King Kong movie, uh, you know, uh, you know, as long as you're not making fucking King Kong lives or something. The, uh, you know, it's always trying to be given the most uh, prestigious treatment available. But a bit, but for this movie, it's just fuck it. Let's let's have some fun. And I think that's more welcoming. So. One side, one side of me says this movie's kind of a big mess and doesn't uh doesn't really work but at the same time it gets right to the point it doesn't really bullshit around it doesn't require much thinking of the of the viewer and because it's sometimes hard to convince someone to watch uh watch an old 1930s movie and not everyone has the patience to watch a three-hour movie like uh, like Peter Jackson's version. So, if you want to show someone a King Kong movie that, uh, you know, isn't one of the classic uh, classic versions, but at least at least like gives a general, uh, it shows it enough. keeps your interest it, and, it, it, shows, and it, it like well, hang on, hang on, hang on. It it shows enough 
of what makes King Kong an icon of right. Hmm. And, you know, although like you're definitely not getting, you know, uh, an Empire State Building sequence. uh, So you're not getting the full Kong story, but you're getting the basic aesthetic of a Kong adventure. Hmm. Well, I I was. Yeah, I mean, I will say this movie is um, compared to the King Kong remake and the original King Kong. Those movies take their time with their story. Um, it's pretty. I mean, it, they're pretty well paced. This one is like the pacing's not too bad either, but like it knows when to get the hell out of Dodge. I'm not saying that the other King Kong movies don't, but this movie is like this is this is essentially King Kong for the popcorn audience. Um, if that makes any sense, because it's it very much keeps you keeps your attention. It uh, doesn't bore you with like any emotional romantic like elements that king kong traditionally has um except maybe except maybe between brie larson and kong but that's that's like not really there it's just i mean it's there but it's not really like all too important it's just to establish a commotion i mean a a connection of some sort it's very surface level because if you Mm -hmm. if you look at the uh the connection that naomi watts had with kong in in the 2005 film you absolutely felt that and and that was uh that was the the heart of the story in the end uh, but with this they're obviously not not going for that and mm-hmm. and i i think they i think i think that was kind of shoehorned in just because it's it's uh it's tradition you know you you, you have to you always have to have kong uh try to uh try to protect the girl from uh from some kind of threat very much a damsel in distress kind of uh thing with kong. yeah and it's you know that it's just because every time there's ever been a kong movie that's that you know even in uh you know they pulled that in uh son of kong and even uh uh even the the toho movies and i think even king kong lives you know pulled pulled that so it it just kind of comes with the it it comes with the territory basically mm-hmm. Well, I think there another difference I've I've kind of noticed. Um, maybe you maybe you would remember more, but I don't remember really there being human antagonists in the original King Kong story. Um, maybe I'm I'm completely wrong. It, to be fair, it's been a long time since I've seen the 2005 movie. Um, so maybe you could yeah, Carl. Me there, or sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say I feel like in here for sure. There's more of a human antagonist element, but um, before we get there, maybe I'll let Jeff finish your thought. Yeah. So in terms of uh, uh, in terms of villains, uh, I would say in both uh, uh, both the 1933 and 2005 versions, uh, Carl Denham was. I wouldn't say he was he was ever meant to be a villain. Like definitely an antagonist in some form, uh, you know, because, you know, he, he is kind of a greedy, greedy businessman and is, uh, you know, is looking to profit off, uh, off of Kong, uh, you know, because his, his, uh, film project went, went to shit. And, uh, and so it was, it was his greed and ambition that brought, 
Kong to New York City and, you know, everything went went tits up. And and so by the end, you know, that's when he delivers that infamous line. Uh, it wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. And that was supposed to uh, kind of showcase the, the lesson he's learned of, uh, you know, hey, probably uh, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> let nature be nature you know the old saying i remember life uh finds a way (laughs) not exactly that line but like so but yes that does apply here but i was gonna say so quick quick side about me i used to be in boy scouts and um they always say like leave no trace and um that means that meant like if when you're whenever you are out in nature uh don't leave any of your shit behind um and let everything be as it is. So, like, don't take nature home with you. Otherwise, it will kick you back in the face. Uh, you know that old saying about karma. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally get it in this case. Um, probably not a good idea to have brought a giant ape back to civilization. Because then civilization uh, ain't going to be very thrilled about that shit. Unless it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah, just, just leave shit alone. <laughs> Kind of like the, how the rest of the world should just leave shit alone, for God's sakes. But uh, that's that's com- that's neither here nor there. But um, I mean, we've mentioned it before. Uh, Kong, by the way, I um, obviously Kong is huge. But um, as John C. Riley put, or as Marlo puts it, Kong's only a teenager, kind of in this movie, correct? Yeah, there's um, there's it, it's kind of a uh, kind of a quickly mentioned line, but uh, John C. Riley does mention that Kong is an adolescent and he he is still growing. So by the time, uh, because this takes this obviously takes place in the uh, nineteen seventy three was that year. Yep, er, early seventies, and Godzilla is uh, meant to take place in current day. So in between that time gap, uh, by the time you get to Godzilla versus Kong he's going to be significantly larger than when you last saw him in, in this movie. Yeah. He's going to be as tall as, uh, Godzilla, um, for the, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. And, um, well, I just want to say right now, cannot wait to see that movie after seeing Godzilla King of the monsters <laughs> after, right after watching this, I'm like, I cannot wait to see that go down. Okay, um, yeah, and I, I, I must say with, uh, like, I know we had COVID and everything, but, Man, I have never been dick teased with a movie more in my entire life because with Godzilla versus Kong, it was supposed to come out in, I think, originally March of 2020 and then uh, and then got pushed back to to May and then November. And then uh, and then before that, you know, COVID started happening and then it got pushed back to like May of next year. And then uh then we were always told, oh, you might get a trailer uh, maybe around Halloween, eh, around maybe Christmas, and eh, maybe in the new year. And it just, they, ah, like we had no, we had no pictures. We had no trailers. All we, all we had were all the, all we had were a bunch of toys that were, that were shipped out to stores. They were before. just teasing us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, uh, prior to the movie getting delayed, they already had 
all their they already had uh, toys hitting the shelves and it was kind of too late to really recall those. So those toys were our only glimpse to show, yes, this movie actually exists. <laughs> and the day that trailer dropped, man, that thing went viral fast. Like, I think it's. Oh, yeah, dude. I, I remember think- when that trailer dropped and um, a couple uh, several guys at work who are like huge, like Kong and Godzilla fanatics. They're like, oh, it was like Avengers all over again with this trailer. So, yeah, because I must. Uh, so I must confess, I was never a Marvel guy. Uh, I didn't grow. I didn't read comics growing up or anything. So with um, so with the Avengers, you know, I got I got pretty into the movies for a while. So I was able to get excited, you know, for the Avengers movies. But there was a slight disconnect for me because these were characters that I was only introduced to because of the Marvel movies. But with the Monster Verse, these are all characters enter uh you know these monsters uh you know these are the characters that i grew up with that i became super familiar with and so godzilla versus kong i i kind of i kind of perceive it as my avengers the one (laughs) like the the movie that i that sounds about right (laughs) the one that i can get super freaking amped for because these Uh, are these are the characters that i grew up on (laughs) Remind me to tell you something later after the show, um, because I think you, I think you're gonna get a kick out of this. But um, uh, sorry, viewers, you can't listen to this part. This is off the air uh, material. But <laughs> um, oh my, oh my, indeed. <laughs> um, we sh- so since we're talking about Kong, yes, he's. Um, we mentioned that we before we got <laughs> going back to Kong, um, we mentioned that, yes, he's very much in his adolescence. Um, of course, he is not the only creature featured in this movie. So let's talk about some of the creatures in this movie. Um, we have so right after we see Kong, we see and we mentioned we mentioned a lot of these creatures earlier. But like one of the most impressive creatures I saw was like that giant like water bison with like the giant antlers. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was what was oh, sorry. <laughs> it was uh, so so I will say it's uh, there's at least a decent enough variety of uh, of creatures throughout uh, mm-hmm. throughout this movie. I just wish there were fucking dinosaurs, man. I get that. I get that. I mean, because so um, I remember when I watched the King Kong remake from 2005, um, watching Kong like destroy the fuck out of two t-rexes it was probably one of the more epic things you probably ever watch um it was it was also very satisfying too um i remember i i didn't get that far into the game because i wasn't truly invested in the game i'll be honest but um i know how how was that boss fight by the way in the game oh against the t-rexes yeah oh dude so as uh uh so in the game you uh uh, there's levels you play as Adrian Brody's character, right? right. And, I do uh, remember that. And then other levels you other levels you play as Kong. Uh, so when you're uh, so when you're playing as uh, what's his name, Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you're playing as him, first person shooter, right? Yes. Uh, so there's no way to take down the T Rex as uh, as a human. So all you can really do is. Uh, uh, so often, 
they'll have you'll have a, a couple uh, couple guys that are uh, that are on the journey with you, and sometimes they'll have to open a door, and you need to keep the T Rex distracted while they're slowly trying to get this uh, get this get this door open, and some and so that that means you just you just have to keep running around and distract the T Rex and just make sure they don't eat your friends, right? Because the T Rex is indestructible. And there's not a lot of places to hide. You're just frantically running around. And if it chomps on you once, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And so even uh, so, even when I was a kid, my anxiety was amped up to 11. And even as an adult, it still scares the shit out of me. It puts you on, <laughs> on so much edge. And uh, because admittedly, the graphics are very well done and the sound design is completely on point. Like it, it looks like they just, they ripped the animation straight from the movie. It, it's very well done. And, uh, but when you're playing as Kong, it's not as, not as good. Uh, it's kind of just like a generic button masher and feels a little more slapped together, but it's, uh, it, it's okay. But the, uh, but the first person stuff, I absolutely, absolutely love. I guess this is now a review of the Peter Jackson <laughs> <Kong> game. Uh, <laughs> we really shouldn't be. We really shouldn't be talking about this until uh, we actually talk about the King Kong movie, the 1933 and the 2005 remake. But here's just a little snippet that I guess. But um, anyways, going back to the creatures and Kong. Um, so, yeah, we have a very nice variety. We mentioned the water. But the giant water bison with the giant antlers. We mentioned the giant bamboo spider crab that's in there. We mentioned the birds with like beaks that will rip your fucking arm off in just like one swoop. Um, There's the the giant octopus, which which totally has to be a, a tribute uh, to the original King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, really? I know. To be fair, I haven't seen that one. Um, oh, you haven't? No, I have never. I've actually never seen the original okay. Okay, Toho so, movie. So, I want you to go watch it. It's on YouTube. Oh, it is. Go, go watch watch the original version and watch it with the context of, oh, this is the movie Jeff had to grow up on, and then Godzilla versus Kong comes out, and then you see the the night and day comparison. Okay, because I'm I've looking to see. Oh my god, it is on YouTube, and it's a oh shit. Okay, I gotta watch this after this review. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's in English uh, too. All right. Yeah, there's a uh, so there, there's two versions, and I actually I need I need to watch the original Japanese version uh, because it's it kind of got the same treatment as the original Gojira, where they uh, were for the. For the American release, right? Because they, they brought in uh, Raymond Burr to do the night to do the American Eyes version, it, exactly. And when they did, and so and then uh, when they did Godzilla nineteen eighty five, they brought him back to connect it again, right? Yeah, and so uh, so for King Kong versus Godzilla, they they shot a bunch of uh, barely connected scenes with American actors to just give giant exposition dumps. Mm-hmm. It uh, a lot of the music is actually ripped straight from. Uh, some of the universal monster movies like i think i think a, most of the soundtrack is either from the wolfman or and creature from the black lagoon and uh when it came to uh but the main difference between that and the japanese version is it uh the japanese version is actually a giant commentary on 
uh, on, I think, the television industry that was uh, centered in Japan around that time. Oh, really? Um, okay. And it was a lot more because uh, I've I've seen a little I've seen about half of half of the Japanese version. And I was shocked to see the amount of scenes that were that were cut out. And it's uh, uh, I, I still need to watch the full thing. But just from the first uh, f- like 30 minutes I saw, it's already a much better movie. I, I kind of figured that much. I mean, I know I know with the so I'll be honest with you the so i have seen the original godzilla movie but not the actual japanese version the first version i saw was the ramen bird version watch the japanese um, version that's it's, what i'm kind of thinking that i'm, I'm kind of thinking i should have. yeah because i because i didn't see the original japanese version of godzilla until just a few years ago uh, when i got the criterion blu-ray and it's so my perception of the original godzilla movie was always that's pretty good, but I never saw the Japanese version. And the Japanese version, I imagine, is a far superior film. It's a fucking masterpiece. I figured that much. So I guess real quickly before we jump back, um, the version. So I found it on YouTube, but here's my question: Is it the American version? It is. Uh, so Fuck. the so the actually I did find the Japanese version on one of those uh, uh, one of those web archive websites. I get what you mean. <laughs> I get what you mean. <laughs> um, but uh, sh- but I guess my question is, should I watch the American version or would you rather I watch the Japanese version? Um, I think. I mean, because regardless, it's still uh, it's still the same cheesy monster movie in the end. Of course. But, uh I don't know because the uh, the English dub is so goddamn cheesy and stupid <laughs> that it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll, I I guess I'll have to make that decision on my own at some point. But anyways, so back to Skull Island. Jesus Christ! After like twenty minutes of. <laughs> of, of, <laughs> of discussion. Sorry. <laughs> For and I'll be honest, this time for a change, I'm not the one who's sidetracking <laughs> for change. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, shut up! I love you too. <laughs> um, okay, so the so in lieu of the dinosaurs, oh, okay. There is one other creature I thought was actually pretty cool. Um, so at one point, right before he dies, so Tony Kebble's character, aka Jack Chapman, before he dies, um, he shoots up a. He shoots up a log and it turns out to be like a this weird like bug like creature. And when he shoots him, I didn't write it in my notes, but I'm just like, oh, that poor log. <laughs> just want to be left alone. He's not trying to hurt you. And then he turns around. Gum, 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 gum. Blood <laughs> splattered all over his walkie talkie. <laughs> uh, poor Toby Kebble. He can't catch a fucking brick in his movies, can he? So oh, I, well. I also love that uh, that this uh, this movie is totally propped by by so many narrative cliches right, right down to to toby jump scare Kebble. well right down to toby kebble having a newborn son and this is his last mission ever and he's gotta, <laughs> he's gotta get back to, to little little billy uh dear billy you think we're in the shit now yes we are 
And I'll, oh yeah, and I also just realized that as these movies go on, they just start uh, implementing more of the main cast from Straight Outta Compton. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Start. So okay. I'm sorry. I hate to say this, but I haven't seen that movie all the way through. What um, the fuck? I know, I know, I know. I've been meaning to watch it. Actually, it's not true. I did watch it. I watched like the first fifteen minutes of it. Um, it was playing at it was playing at work. And, Does it um, count? I know it doesn't. Ah, oh, shit. I know. I, there's a lot of movies I got to watch, um, and that's definitely one of those movies. But um, I've liked. I will say, I liked. I definitely liked what I saw. Film major, um, so. my ass. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh. But okay, so let's talk about the real villains of the movie: Samuel Jackson and Skullcrawlers. Um, we we mentioned that yeah, he's just playing a very, he's playing essentially Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now. Um, kind of. Um, anyone who's ever seen Apocalypse Now knows that like Colonel Kurtz has kind of like gone off the deep end. He's like, yeah, no, and boy, you had to come find me. <laughs> And uh, he's he's just kind of gone off the reservation. So very much here, uh, Packard has gone off the reservation, and he's um, he's like he's very bitter about losing the Vietnam War, and so he finds in Kong the opportunity to try and redeem himself and kill Kong before he thinks Kong will take out everyone else. But I mean, yes, Kong like destroys most of his men, but the truth is, Kong was defending his home and everything. So like. Yes, Kong did, but um, Kong's not really the villain. He's just, you know, he was defending the Iwi, the people who live on the island, and the rest of the island itself. So can you blame Kong? Not really, because you understand why he does it. And then um, Sam Jackson is just this bitter um, military uh, colonel. Um, (laughs) And uh, I love the the way he dies. He's just like... um, Kong just looks at him um, and he's just like, well, first of all, before we get there, like, so he has this idea of like burning Kong with like napalm and it pretty much works. And Kong's kind of like down for the count for a bit. And then obviously, and then with intervention from uh, Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson's characters, they get the the rest of his men to turn on him and they run away from like um, the main giant skull crawler. And right before he dies, like Kong just looks at him and, um, Samuel Jackson's like, burn in hell, you mother. And he's just crushed by Kong's fist. <laughs> okay, I will say. I'm like, what a it, fitting ending. Say, it's kind of bullshit how they, they wasted their F-bomb on not mm. Samuel L. Jackson. I know, because Sam Jackson. Okay, anyone who's. for in, Just in case you don't know Sam Jackson, uh, unless you've only seen an MCU film. Have you ever seen a Sam Jackson portrayal in any movie? He's the king of the motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. So, okay, side story. So I was at Comic-Con in 2018, right? Um, I was in Hall H, and and that's a whole other side story. But, like, the point is I saw the glass panel. So this was for M. Night Shyamalan's glass movie, and Sam Jackson was there, and he totally dropped a motherfucker, like, right there. The moment he dropped the motherfucker, the entire audience just erupted in cheer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, come on. Of course it's Sam Jackson. He's going to get away. He's like... And then another thing, too. So when I used to work at a movie theater, I ran into Colin Farrell and he was there with, I think, his nephews or his kids. And I know he Colin had worked with Sam Jackson on SWAT. And that's a pretty fun movie, too. But I was like, I asked him, like, hey, so how often did Sam Jackson drop F-bomb? He's like, and, and Colin Farrell's like, 
like every day. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, they totally wasted the motherfucker uh, <laughs> on Sam Jackson. Uh, just like uh, like the ending of like Infinity War at the very end, like the after credit scene, he's like, motherfucker. And he just just disappears. <laughs> so so yeah, they totally totally wasted it on him. But um, but anyways, so we have the skull crawlers. And uh, Jeff, what do you think of the skull crawlers in this movie? They're fine. <laughs> you said that about the mutos in Godzilla. You don't have any real opinion on them. They're they're fine. They're, <laughs> they're, they're monsters. <laughs> I mean, like, fucking Americans can't design can't design monsters for shit for some reason. Uh, we suck at it, and we need to get, we need to get our shit together. Everyone, come on! Mm-hmm. Like, we have the chance to be to make multi million dollar monster movies now. Like, let's let's make some really crazy fucking designs. Well, not everyone. It's H.R. Geiger and or um, did I say H.R. Geiger? I think it's H.R. Geiger. I could be wrong, but not everyone's H.R. Geiger or um, uh, Stan Winston or whatnot anymore. Um, those are the greats. And unfortunately, they're not here anymore. They have long since passed, which is upsetting. Um, but I do agree. They are very generic. Um, yeah, if I'm going to be real, they're very just generic creatures. Um they're just there to provide an evil monster threat or just like a monster for Godzilla to uh, Godzilla. Oh my God. I just, I think I really just want to talk about Godzilla at this point, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yes, they're there for King Kong to fight. And by the way, I do love that ending fight where like, so Kong um, uses like the remnants of a, of a wrecked ship to use against Oh yeah, like that that's pretty fucking awesome. The fact that he basically uses a boat propeller as brass <laughs> knuckles. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Here, okay, so that's one. That's one thing I would like to say that Kong has an advantage of Godzilla for sure. Godzilla's got the atomic breath. He's got his tail. He's got his ferocity. But Kong is a little bit different. Yes, he's got. Um, I think Kong has a lot of wit. And he's able to use the environment around him at, yeah, to his advantage. Absolutely. And that's really going to... And if you've seen the trailers for Godzilla versus Kong, it definitely looks like he's going to be using a bit of Godzilla against Godzilla. So that'll be interesting to say, see. Well, and, that, and I think that's part of why I'm so excited for the movie is that there's definite pros and cons uh, to both creatures' you know, uh, abilities. So I... Uh, because Adam Wingard has, you know, gone on record to say that no, there there will be a definitive winner. One of these monsters is going down, and like they're not going to Batman Batman v Superman us. It's going to be a legit fucking throwdown. And now the question is, do you think one of those monsters is going to die, or is yes. one of them going to succeed, or one of them going to? You think so? I've had quite a few people um, talk to about this, and they really think that at least. One of the monsters is definitely going to win, but the other monster is just going to yield. I mean, I mean, in the trailer, they straight up say Kong bows to no one. And given the ending of King of the Monsters, I don't think Godzilla would sell for that either. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, but I don't I don't think it won. I don't think I mean, I have a lot of friends who think that um, it's going to be like a draw 
well, like one of them's going to win the fight, but then they're both going to team up to fight uh, the supposed main uh, threat of the film. But if we'll they wait. if they do, I'm going to say that is complete bullshit. Mm, okay, well, let's we'll have to wait. I want the brutal fight to the death. Well, I don't know. We'll see. So the uh, so the the only the only way I would be able to accept an outcome like this is if there is if there's a secondary threat, then they temporarily team up to to fight him. But then once that thing's defeated, then you really want someone one of these characters to die, don't you? <laughs> yes, because we've waited almost sixty years for this battle, and I don't want to compromise by some bullshit cop out. By saying, "Oh, but they uh like one one's pinned down and basically just says, okay, time out, time out, no, no, thank you. Uh, okay, you win, you win. No, I want a fight to the fucking death. Well, just prepare to be disappointed then, just in case. I'm not saying that's gonna happen, but like I look, me personally, I wouldn't be surprised if at least one of those two concedes." Well, when you're when the tagline of a movie says one will fall and you don't deliver on that promise, I'm going to say, fuck you, movie. Well, it's also called marketing to get people into the fucking theaters, for God's sake. And so it's also course, called lie. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's I mean, you want to harken back to our previous episode. I mean, they fucking uh, use Brian Cranston as a lure to get people in the theaters, for God's sakes. And he's only in that movie for 30 fucking minutes. And we think he should have been in there for far fucking longer. And Jesus Christ, we love Brian Cranston so fucking much. Ah. Yeah, Brian Cranston should have not died in Godzilla 2014. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ on a stick. He should not have fucking died. Exactly. <clears throat> so, um, I do... So, yeah... I, I do like how this movie ends, though. Um, it's very heartwarming. Heartwarming. It leads into the credits. It's um, it's so John C. Riley, his character Marlo, returns home. It's very fitting. So he talks about like he mentioned that like he likes having a hot dog in one hand and a beer in the other, watching the Cubs play. And um, he comes home to his wife. His son is now, I think it. I can't tell what fucking age his son is. He either looked like a teenager or or like the most obvious like 20 something year old playing a teenager. I couldn't really fucking tell. But like that kid didn't look like he was in his teens. I mean, I will <laughs> say, though, like that that was a genuinely sweet scene. Yes, it was. Like, yes, I, it was. I liked how, you know, it uh, it just it had had the nice little music playing and it, uh, you know, there no words mentioned you know it uh it i don't know it it was uh it was an unexpected unexpected uh touching moment because the the movie itself was kind of devoid of true uh your know, true emotional character <sighs> moments mm-hmm. and it's a little sucky that we don't really get something like that until the actual end credits but i mean hey it's better than nothing I agree. Yeah. And then, of course, you get the f- post credit scene um, and they're pretty much revealed that, you know, Kong's not the only monster out there. And you see cave paintings of Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. You see Mothra. You see Rodan. And then, of course, you see Godzilla throwing down with uh, Kong and then it cuts to black. And then you hear that very famous Godzilla roar. 
and that's how the movie ends officially. So um, it's a nice little lead into Godzilla King of the Monsters, and that's going to be our very next episode. Uh, but before we finish things out, so Jeff, overall, um, I think it's safe to say that, at least for me, I think that got, I think that, oh God, I really want to, I just really want to talk about Godzilla. God damn it. <laughs> but I think for me that Kong Skull Island is, it's as you put it, it's nice background noise, but there you have, but th- admittedly there are some really awesome, like monster and uh, action bits here and there. Um, there's only like a, one real human character in the movie that I actually really cared about the most. And he really should have been the focus. Of course, that's John C. Reilly's character, Marlowe. Um, I think the performances are all pretty solid, but they're just, you know, they're there to serve a point. It's kind of like how we mentioned in our Godzilla uh, installment that like, you know, all the characters are just like plot devices. They're just there to serve their purpose. Um, and John C. Riley is really the one giving it the emotional depth that um, the movie really, I don't, I wouldn't say deserve, but it, it could definitely go for, but you know, he's not focused enough and that's kind of a shame, but um, overall uh, I do think that Kong Skull Island second time around for me, pretty fun, but you know, it's not something I would normally put on. Maybe like you said, just background noise. It's just there to like, it's there while I play maybe video games or do something else. But, um, but yeah, uh, I do recommend it, but, um, overall it's fine. It's there. Yeah. It's, um, it's a movie that definitely didn't need to exist, but at the same time, I'm kind of glad it does exist because it's, you know, because again, King Kong is a character that, uh, that's always kind of had a tight uh kind of like a tight legal history around it and and so that's why not as many movies have been have been made around around Kong and uh you know there's a whole legal history to when uh when the 76 version was coming out and and uh and then you know it the uh the Peter Jackson version was in development hell for for many years uh and so it just kind of felt refreshing that, you know, after uh, after Peter Jackson is able to tell his his epic, basically, and it's able to kind of uh, kind of morph into its own piece of pop culture history that we're at a point now where Kong's kind of been there and done it all with that original premise. And now it's just at a point where you know what, let's, let's take this, let's take this uh, genre of film, uh, the, the Vietnam War film, and find a way to implement King Kong. And it felt like a really experimental melding of genres that, while in the end, it doesn't really churn out a memorable uh, movie going experience for the most part in what it set out to do was basically have fun with Kong and show him in a way that hasn't really been displayed before. Uh, do something a little different, but not, 
but doesn't stray far enough to where the character is unrecognizable from uh, from his origin. So it falls flat on its ass in terms of character uh, character detail and development. And you definitely it, it's a very hollow movie, but if you're just looking for a fun creature feature with very good special effects and well, plus it's, it's a major advantage that the climax of this movie is in broad daylight. You can see everything perfectly. There's uh, the cinematography is stunning. Uh, Some of the, uh, just some of the imagery throughout this movie is absolutely stunning. And there's definitely a unique style and the the color palette is is gorgeous so it's it's hard for me to say that this is a bad movie in any way uh shape or form because it's really not you just kind of have to manage your expectations going uh, going into it you're not it's not going to change your life it's not going to inspire you or uh like a, if you were to show a younger kid this it won't spark his imagination quite as unique as maybe the original or even the 2005 version would. But in terms of just being a fun, schlocky summer blockbuster, a B movie with a budget, Kong Skull Island is definitely one of the better, uh, uh, one of the better candidates in that, in that genre. (sighs) Yeah, so overall it's just it's it's pretty clear that got um that Kong Skull Island is a fun time. Just maybe shut your brain off. Um don't think about it too much, but it's fun in the long run in the grand scheme of things. So So yeah, that's going to do it for the second part of the legendary monsterverse. Um so come back next time when we take a look at at one hell of a movie i think um and godzilla king of the monsters in the meantime though be sure to uh, check us out on our socials be sure to follow the instagram page at tnapcast so that's t-n-a-a-p-c-a-s-t if you find us on apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a nice five-star review if you can um also just a quick announcement. We have launched a YouTube page. So for whatever reason, you don't have Spotify or Apple podcasts, but you want to be able to still listen to the show. You can actually listen to the show there. And also you can also leave a comment and like, and also subscribe over there. So uh, be sure to check us out there. And I'm pretty sure this episode's going to be on YouTube too. So like what the hell dude, but okay. <laughs> so anyways, we'll be back for Godzilla King of the monsters. And, uh, Thanks for listening to another fine installment of Two Nerdskis and a Podcast. So, this is Eric. And this is Jeff. So, all right, folks. We'll see you then. Stay shiny. Have a wonderful time. See ya. Next level. Next level. Next level.